uh, we're in the series Commitment, and we, uh, one of the things that I wanted to say about that is the, uh, the first key to our commitment is to know the Lord, to have this relationship that we talk about so often. And I'm so tremendously excited to talk about the message today, the topic. This is one of those topics that when churches find out that the pastor is going to be teaching on this, they flock to the church. People come with such anticipation and excitement, and they stand up and cheer, and churches grow by thousands. And so today's topic is obedience. <laughs> okay, maybe that's not what they do. I don't think that this is a real popular message, but I think it's a very vital message. When we talk about having this relationship with the Lord, obedience is one of the keys. And, and the Lord is not some hard taskmaster that's looking to whip us and beat us and be mean to us, but He loves us enough to give us boundaries and help us. So uh, this topic is obedience. Our, our obedience is critical to living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of prayer requests. I know we get some prayer requests from some of you in-house, and then uh, we get prayer requests from people that you know. Maybe you say, hey, somebody in, in my apartment complex or somebody in my neighborhood or somebody that I work with has a prayer need. And I'm so thankful for our, for our prayer team, aren't you? Amen. Uh, that they're praying for us, and they take our prayer requests to the Lord, and they diligently pray which is really important. Uh, but we get a number of prayer requests from uh, people outside the, the church here. I know sometimes I'll talk to somebody and they'll say, hey, would you pray for my mom or my dad? And so we add them to the prayer list. But it's, it's really kind of sad because a lot of times I see that people's significant problems are much the same in some regard. I mean, somebody may be struggling with alcohol addiction or somebody may be struggling with different things in their life. And, and I don't mean to oversimplify or, or Christianize this, but the solution is Jesus. You know, I mean, Jesus gives us truths and principles in his word on how to handle finances and things like that. We just did a series on biblical stewardship. We have a small group that teaches you practical applications on how to steward well your resources, not just money, but all of your resources. And so it's, it's sad to, to see people struggling in their lives when there are solutions, there are viable solutions that we can implement in our lives to help us live this abundant life that Jesus came to give. So we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 30, 19, and 20. That's kind of the core scripture for this series. And then we'll be looking at John chapter 14. And uh, as, as I mentioned, the Lord is not a slave driver. When we talk about obedience, sometimes some people have really negative connotations in their mind because maybe they've been in abusive situations where they've been forced to obey something that's unethical uh, illegal, ungodly, or whatever. But that's not our Heavenly Father. He's a good, good Father. And, and last week, we unpacked uh, talking about God's love for us and understanding that, that God really does love us. And so when we understand that somebody really loves us, 
We're going to have a proper perspective, maybe, of when they bring correction. Uh, people, let's put up this point, people that love us will speak correction and direction into our lives because of that love. Now, you may have some people that want to speak into your life and, and uh, you know, bring direction and correction that have ulterior motives. Maybe they want to get back at you or something like that. But God's love is different. He wants to speak into our lives because He loves us. And there are times when I have to speak correction into your lives, maybe. And it's not because I'm, I'm wanting to get you. It's because I love you. It's because I care for you. And my first point this morning is our obedience is critical to our relationship with the Lord. Our obedience is critical to our relationship with the Lord. Let's look at Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. So God is speaking to Moses to deliver this message to the people of Israel because they're about to go into the promised land. So this was 3,500 years ago, 3,400 years ago, something like that. But he says, today I've given you. So was this only applicable May 15th, B.C., 15, 14, 40 or whatever? No, it's applicable to us today as well. I know he was talking to the children of Israel, but it's applicable to our lives and and. And us walking through life. Today I've given you, given you the choice between life and death. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. And one of the greatest things the Lord has done is he's given us free will. We're not robots. And he's not forcing us. He's not taking us by the neck and making us do stuff. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Obviously, he's talking to people that are alive, so he's talking about more than just breathing and and existing as humans. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God. So we talked about that last week. And again, this all comes back to this relationship. And if you missed last week's message, I encourage you to go back and look at that because I talked about the correlation between loving God and this relationship and and how important it is. Listen, it's all based on love. It's all based on love. It's all about love. Jesus coming and going to the cross, yes, he paid the penalty, the ransom for all of our sins, but why did he do that? So he could put that on his resume? No, he did it for us because of love. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God The second thing is obeying Him. And I know that obedience and obeying, when you start talking about that, that can cause us to rise up because of bad experiences or things that have have happened to us in the past that maybe we didn't have any, any control over. But God's desire for us to obey is for our good. The third thing he says, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. And then I love this. This is the key to your life. You know, have you ever had somebody say, what's the meaning of life? Well, let me tell you what the key to life is. I may not know the meaning of life for you, but I know that God has a purpose and a plan for you. And the key to your life is to love God, to obey God, And to commit firmly to him. And that's all wrapped up in this word called relationship. Where you begin to trust him 
and you begin to yield to him. So our obedience is critical to our relationship with the Lord. The second point today is our obedience is a demonstration of our love for him. So again, like I talked about last week, you know, you, you go into a church and you know, people are, are praising and worshiping and giving their adoration. Or maybe you know people and they're like, well, I, I just don't know if I love God. I mean, I know that's the right thing to say, and, but do I really love him? Well, it, it comes from this relationship where, where we grow in that relationship and we begin to experience his love and we begin to connect with him on a, a greater, more intimate level over time. It's not something that just happens necessarily. And, and so... Our obedience is a demonstration of our love, but also it's a demonstration of our trust of Him. Do we really trust Him? <laughs> I was in a meeting this past week with a number of pastors, and we were having these roundtable discussions, and a couple of the pastors uh, were really getting challenged, shall I say, as they would present situations that they were going through, then the people at the, the other pastors at the round table were like their counsel or their advisors or their board. And a couple of pastors, uh, the guy facilitating the round table discussion, he asked one pastor, he said, well, do you trust God? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I trust God, yeah. So a few seconds go by and he says, um, let me ask you again, do you trust God? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I do, I trust God. And so after about the fourth or fifth time, you know, we're all kind of making a joke about it. And then it went around the table, and another guy had a, a situation. And, and so the question came up, do you trust God? You know, we say we trust God, but do we really, really trust him? <laughs> And, and this is part of this relationship. This is part of walking in faith where we say, Lord, I know you're telling me this, but inside my flesh and, or my own desires or what I want is very different than what you're directing me to do. This job pays this and this job doesn't pay as much, but we don't know that this company may go out of business or you may step into this role or this position and, and be promoted because, you know, God's going to open up doors for you over there or whatever. Do we really trust God? And I think that's kind of what this whole thing comes down to. Love God, obey God, commit firmly to Him. It's trusting Him. And as we walk in faith, that's walking in trust. Where we say, okay, Lord, you're telling us to buy this property we're going we're gonna to walk in faith and we're going to buy it. So all of us have those things, but our obedience is a demonstration of our love for Him, of our trust in Him. John 14, 15 through 21, Jesus said, if you love me, whenever there's if, we know that there's something else coming, right? If you love me, hmm, let's read on. If you love me, obey my commandments. Let's look at this backwards. If you obey Jesus' commandments, 
It's proving that you love him. I think that's another way we can look at it. So Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And then uh, verse 16 are the results. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. And we know that he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's, He's saying, if you love me, obey my commandments. And the results are, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. Let me read on here. Uh, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Think about that, that this scripture here, who leads into all truth. Because we can have some information and we can have some knowledge, but the Holy Spirit is leading us into all truth where we may think, okay, here's the answer right here, here's the truth. But there's more going on on the back side of that that we cannot see. So the Lord is speaking to us and he's giving us revelation and insight sometimes that is multiple levels beyond what we can see with our physical eyes. He's giving us spiritual insight. There are times when I'm praying about a situation and Holy Spirit will just give me some insight. And I think I know what the problem is. I can see it obviously in front of me what the problem is. And the Holy Spirit's like, oh, no, that's not the problem. The problem is this. It's character or it's this or that. Or there's something going on. There's woundedness. You know, whatever it may be. And so the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. Not just partial truth. And that can make a huge difference in our lives. Have you ever had somebody tell you something and it was true? But they didn't tell you all of it. (laughs) It would be helpful to know all of the truth. So he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. When I was lost in the world, when I was going around sex, drugs, and rock and roll and all this other stuff, I wasn't looking for the Holy Spirit. I wasn't yielding to him. I didn't even recognize him sometimes. Imagine that, that you're told that uh, Bob Smith has a monetary gift for you. And he's at the mall. Go to the mall and find Bob Smith. Okay, so you go to the mall. There's hundreds of people walking around. You don't know. You don't know. You're, you, you don't even know where to begin to look for Bob Smith. You're not even really sure if he's at the mall, at which mall he's at. And so if, if we're not looking for the Holy Spirit, if we're not yielding to him, are we going to, to walk in the fullness? Now, we know that when we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our life, and so we have him. But are we yielding to him? Are we really you know, locked in on him. And someone that's lost, they don't even know to be looking for the Holy Spirit. They don't even know maybe to be praying and say, Lord, can you guide me in this situation? Much less, they don't know to be looking for him, much less recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus was with the disciples Jesus had the Holy Spirit, and he says, uh, he, he lives with you now. 
and later will be in you. Later when I go, when I die, and I'm resurrected, resurrected the Lord is, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and He will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans, Jesus says. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Wow, okay. This thing is like a tornado that we're all wrapped up in. We're in Jesus, and Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in us. Because of this what? This relationship. Our obedience is critical to our relationship with the Lord. Because my second point, it's a demonstration of our love for Him. Our obedience reveals our heart towards the Lord. The Word says that we're to work as unto the Lord. Have you ever worked for a boss that wasn't very good, very kind, very gracious? Have you ever thought that your boss was the devil? <laughs> you know, maybe, not maybe, but probably, the Lord is using that situation to do something in your heart and life. Will you yield to him? God places authority in our lives. If you're part of this church and this congregation, he's given me uh, the position of having spiritual authority in your life. And, and so, you know, we have this relationship where I can speak to you openly and honestly to help you. But he also places other people in our lives that, that we are to submit to as well. If you're a wife, you're, you're to be in submission to your husband, not that your husband is to be a dictator and, and beat you and take advantage of you. You're equal partners. But there has to be someone to lead the house. There has to be somebody to lead the, the corporate organization. And so there's always somebody there to lead. And first in our lives is the Lord. But then also there are other people that God places in our lives to help us and to lead us. I've been in situations where they haven't been fun. They haven't even been fair. But God says, don't worry about that. I'm teaching you something. And I'm not talking about yielding or obeying somebody that's, that's telling you to do something ungodly, unethical, illegal. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about how that the Lord will place people in our lives to help us. Because maybe we have a problem being obedient. And maybe it's not just a problem being obedient to our boss. But maybe, maybe the bigger issue is we have a problem being obedient to the Lord. <laughs> he says in John 14, 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. James 1, 19-25, James was the stepbrother of Jesus. He was an early leader. He says, understand this. 
In other words, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. This is something that's important. And he says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. He's talking to people that he loves. He says, you must be, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. That's a whole series right there. <laughs> Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So, if we have anger issues, maybe we're not filled with the fruit of the Spirit that the Lord talks about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. The, what the Lord has planted in our hearts. Hopefully it's coming to fruition. We're not pulling the things out, the seeds that the Lord is planting in our life, be it through Him directly, through His Word, through spiritual authority over us, or, or, or people that are godly, that are investing in our lives. Because you can plant a seed, and you can go back and throw it out, or the birds can come and eat it, right? So, humbly accept the Word God has planted in your hearts. This next scripture is really powerful, for it has the power to save your souls. It has the power to save your souls. Hebrews 10.39 says, We are not those who turn away to destructions, but we are the faithful ones whose souls are being saved. See, our, our, our problem is our soul, you know, our mind, our will, our intellect, our emotions, our emotions, our emotions, our emotions thought processes, all those things. As we talk about so often here, Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so as God is doing this work in our heart, it's changing the way that we think because we no longer want to go and do some of those things because our heart has changed. And then we begin to think differently. It's not a mental exercise. It's not a mental thing. It's a heart thing. But we are not those who turn away to destruction, but we are the faithful ones whose souls are being saved. It is a process that God is taking us through. And we can stop that process. We can say, no, I'm done with this process. I've gone as far as I'm going to go. And I've seen people do that. And I've seen the consequences in their lives when they, when they say, no, God, I'm giving you, I'm yielding to here, and that's it. The rest of this junk is mine that I'm going to hang on to. For it has the power to save your souls. Don't just listen to God's word, period. <laughs> you must do what it says, period. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. And so what are, what are we talking about here today? We're talking about Jesus is saying, if you love me, obey my commandments. James his brother is saying, stepbrother is saying, don't just listen to the word. I mean, you need to listen to it, but don't just hear it. 
let it get down in your heart. Receive it. And then go out and live it. (laughs) So don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just playing church. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. Have you ever done that? You know, maybe, well, I don't wear makeup, but I can imagine that, that maybe you women, you, you put on makeup and, and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, yeah, that's good. And then you walk away and you're like, what color eyeshadow do I have on? Or what color, or, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak experientially. But, but have you ever, you know, walked by the mirror and then, and you, then you think, well, I wonder how that shirt looks or, or, you know, whatever. But don't just listen to the word but receive it. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. What do you think the perfect law is? They asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's the perfect love, the perfect law. I think it's love. Think, think of the impact we have when we just love people. And I'm not talking about compromising. I'm not talking about, uh, uh, you know, embracing compromise. I'm talking about just loving people. We've, we've all disobeyed God. But have we received His forgiveness? Do we trust Him? So I'll ask you the question that got asked around the table last week to, to these pastors. We all have the right answer, right? Do you trust? Oh, yeah, I trust God. Hmm. Hmm. Really? Do you trust God? Because when we trust God, it's going to be reflective in our life. It's going to be reflective in our heart and desire to obey the Lord, the commands that he gives us. And the greatest command that he gives us is to love one another. I fortunately had a great dad. I had an excellent dad. I trusted him completely. And... uh, He wasn't perfect, but he was a fantastic role model, a great dad. I never saw my dad drunk. I never saw him abuse my my mom or any of us. I never, this is unbelievable, I've shared this with you before, I never saw my mom and dad argue. Never. They had to at some point in time. I mean, you can't be married for... 50, 40 years and, not, and never have an argument. I never saw anything like that in my home. And my dad would put boundaries around me. He would say, okay, you can do this, or you know, this is where the boundary is. But he gave me freedom when I demonstrated I could handle things. Because his love for me was to train and equip me. <laughs> 
to be a godly man? To grow up representing the Lord, living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And sometimes he even gave me freedom when I demonstrated I may not have been ready to handle it. But he was always there. And the reason he did this was to allow me to make some choices and learn valuable life skills and lessons. Some of the greatest lessons we learn are when we crash and burn, right? And we're, oh, I'm not doing that again. We can help others. Don't do that. I did that one time. It's not going to end well for you. And we have the opportunity to mentor and train, and we should be mentoring and training. We should have a Paul Somebody that's speaking into our lives, that's mentoring and training us. And we should have a Timothy, somebody, somebody's people that we're investing in and training and equipping, helping them to, to learn valuable life lessons. But one of the keys to that for us and for everybody is obedience. Obedience is one of the core values of this church that we obey, that we're teachable. And all of us are growing in our relationship with the Lord and learning things, learning Scripture. God is revealing some things to us because the Holy, Holy Spirit uh, teaches us all truth because God is a good, good Father. God's love is not performance-based, his love is grace-based. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to jump through every hoop and perform at 100% all the time. We want to do everything for the Lord with excellence to the best of our ability, but it's not perfect because we are imperfect. No matter how perfect we think we can do something, it's never going to be perfect because we are only God is perfect. His performance, I mean, his love is grace-based. James 1.18, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. We are his prized possession. Think about that, of all the horses and cows and trees and plants and flowers and mountains and stars and planets and universes, galaxies of everything that he created. You. Yeah, you. You, you, you right there. Me, right there. We are his prized possession. If we, if we could really grasp that and say, wait a minute, God, not only do you love me, but you have me on exhibit to the whole world saying, look, there's my son, there's my daughter. Those are my prized possessions. You think God is not going to look after his prized possessions? Do you think if something comes against his prized possession, he's not going to intervene or try to intervene? And if that prized possession tries to do something to damage itself, do you think God should step in and say, don't do that? 
Why? Because of His love for us. Ephesians 2.10 says that for we are God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. So when we come to Him, God begins this transformation process. When we yield our lives to Him, we're, we're new. We're made new. He says all that old stuff is gone. You're a new creation. It's a new day. He loves you. He created you. He created you exactly like He wanted to. And you're thinking, really, God? Couldn't you have done something a little different here, you know? Couldn't I have had a little bit different personality or... No, He created you to be the person that you are, just like you are. And what we need is the activation to fulfill His role in our life and, and fulfill the role that He created us to be. And that, that requires being connected to Him and yielding to Him because we can all get off the track. But He created you unique. And this relationship is built on trust. So my three points are our obedience is critical to our relationship with the Lord. Our obedience is a demonstration of our love for Him. Our obedience reveals our heart towards the Lord. God loves you. And so, my final question for you today is, do you trust Him? 